Welcome to another podcast by Dr. Dennis Smith, Senior Pastor of Covenant Life Ministries. To find out more, go to lifeandfocustv.com. Well, I wonder if, if anyone here this morning has any idea of what we may be talking about. I just heard from the Lord. I believe we're going to talk about prayer this morning. <laughs> well, you know, for some people, prayer can be quite boring. I hope these messages have not been. And uh, my prayer has been that it has helped us to learn some things that are very helpful to us to learn how to pray, uh, to become effective prayers, develop an effective, powerful prayer life, and to go far beyond the words on the page or the notes or far beyond the Sunday morning sermon or something we talk about, but to get down inside of us so that it becomes how we live and who we are. And if we don't accomplish this during these weeks, then I feel like we've missed it. And so we're going to be here about two more weeks, the Lord willing. And I think there's a couple more things I want us to really uh, get into as far as prayer to kind of bring things to a close here toward the end of this month. Uh, we started in July and uh, going to pretty well go through September, so it's been uh, a long path that we follow, but we have talked about so many different things in respect to developing a strong prayer life. If I were to ask you this morning to give me one word that describes your prayer life, what would it be? Think about it for just a moment. Give me one word that today describes your prayer life. Now, for many people, unfortunately, they say, I just don't, I don't have much of a prayer life. It, it's, it's, it's just something that I don't practice regularly. I feel like I've, I've failed in it. I'm not I'm praying as I should be. All these things. Uh, and, and that can be the case, I think, for many people. So, look, I've really let the Lord down. I've really missed it. I've, I've, I've not recognized the value of praying, and it has not become a vital part of my life. I know that's much more than one word, but just think about one word that you could say that says, this is what describes my prayer life today. Very revealing, I think. Oh, there are times when all of us have probably experienced, we prayed, we've experienced where we have prayed and we've asked, we've made our requests, we've brought things before the Lord in prayer, and at least it didn't seem as if it ever happened. It didn't seem as if it was answered. I mean, can anyone identify with this morning where you prayed and it just didn't seem like it was answered? You know, when you are troubled with some type of sickness and you go to a doctor, they run tests. They check things out so they can have a diagnosis and say, this is why you're not operating well. This is why you're not functioning in a healthy way. They diagnose. Same way with your automobile. It's just not running right. You know, it's just, you can't figure out what it is. You take it to a mechanic and they do a diagnostic test or they check things out to see, well, here's why it's not working properly. When you buy a piece of equipment, uh, something mechanical or uh, something technical, and you, you get the handbook, it has all the directions, information about what you've just purchased. But you'll notice that, in, that somewhere in that handbook, those directions, 
you're going to find a page or a section that's called troubleshooting. And the troubleshooting page is to say, if this is not working right, then check this out. And if this is not functioning the way it's supposed to, check this out. Find out where the trouble is. And so what God's put on my heart for today is for us to, to look at our prayer life just very practically, in a very practical sense. And if we've had some situations where our prayer life has not been productive, answers have not come the way we believe they should have, then let's, let's check it out. Let's do some troubleshooting. Let's find out why it's not working properly. And this morning I'm going to give you five things, five things, uh, there may be more, but I'm going to give you five things, a checklist of something to do. Here's what to do when your prayers are not answered. Here's what to do when you don't feel if it's your prayers as if your prayers are answered. Number one, check your heart. It starts with a heart. Check your heart. You know, God created man. He created us for fellowship or to have a relationship with him. God's design was to create man and then through man and through family, God would have communion with them and through the authority that he released in that family, in husband and wife, the authority that he released, God was going to use to develop his kingdom across the entire earth. That was his original plan. God wanted a relationship with his creation. Isn't that amazing? When you get to think about it, isn't that amazing that God wants a relationship, a personal relationship with you and with me? That's what God wanted, but something happened. And we know the account where the serpent, Satan came, and man and woman disobeyed God, yielded themselves to the control and the authority of Satan. Curse came upon them, upon the earth. God's plan, at least for the time being, was thwarted. Man was separated from God and no longer had the kind of relationship with God that he was created for. He had a heart problem. He had a heart problem. Now, thank God that he so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that he so loved the world that even while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, that he so loved the world that Jesus came to pay the price, the penalty for sin. He came to bring forgiveness for our, from our sins. He came to make us brand new, a new creation. He came to reclaim and put us back into a place where we could have a relationship with God just as he had always desired. Jesus is the way to bring us back in relationship. So check the heart. People who have absolutely no relationship with the Lord at all, don't, they don't follow Christ as Savior. Expect, say, well, I've been praying. I, well, to whom? Who have you been praying to? Even Christians at times struggle with this to where 
We allow things in our life that hinders our relationship, our fellowship with the Lord. And if it does, then it hinders our prayer life. Let me, uh, Jesus made a way for us. Ephesians 2.13 says that Christ Jesus, that through Christ Jesus, we who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Relationship gone, relationship restored. In Ephesians chapter 3, verse 12, the Bible says because of Christ, because of our faith in him, we can now, get this, we can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence. We now have access through Jesus Christ. Prayer begins relationship. Jesus made it quite clear when he said, when you pray, do it this way. Say, our Father. It's all about a heart relationship. You know, the quality of our relationship with God determines the power and effectiveness of our prayers. And the quality of our prayer life determines the quality of our relationship with God. It's a cycle. Begins with relationship. The quality of our relationship with God determines the power and the effectiveness of our prayers. And the quality of our prayer life determines the quality of our relationship with God. But sin, separation from God, breaks that connection. We call the prayer connection. Uh, Psalm 66 verse 18 says, if I had not confessed the sin in my heart, if I had cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. Now it goes on and says in verse 19, but God did listen and he paid attention to my prayer. But it took repentance. Get your heart right. Isaiah 59 verse 2, the Bible says, But your iniquities, your sin, have separated you from your God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. 1 Peter 3 12 says, For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Psalm 58 verse 8, the last part of that verse says, the prayer of the upright, those who are made right in Christ, through him. The prayer of the upright is the Lord's delight. It's about relationship with God. It starts with the heart. It's about relationship, the right relationship with others. Did you know that having uh, that unforgiveness and strife and broken relationships can hinder your prayer life? Now, Mark eleven twenty five 25 says, but when you are praying, first forgive anyone you're holding a grudge against. In other words, drop the issue, let it go, so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins too. And that's pretty plain, isn't it? And then, portion of scripture that ladies really love, it's in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7, where it says, husbands, likewise, Dwell with, your, dwell with them, your wives, with understanding, giving honor to the wife. Now, amen, ladies? Amen, ladies? It goes on and says, as the weaker vessel. We'll, we'll, I defined that a couple of times. as Weaker vessel there doesn't mean what we think weaker vessel does. But anyway, that's not in the message this morning. It says, Honor your wives. You're there. You're responsible. You have a headship there. You are their covering. Honor them. You're to love them as Christ loved the church. He says, and you, as together, husband and wife, you are heirs. You're partners together, together of the grace of life, God's gift of life. 
He says, you're to honor your wife recognizing that she's an heir together. You're partners in this thing. Last part. You're to do this so that so that your prayers will not be hindered or ineffective. Cross or wrong relationships can break your, can hinder your ability to communicate with the Lord effective prayer life. It's very important. Number one, if my prayers are not being, if, I, if it doesn't seem as if they're being answered, if they're not working, then check your heart. Unconfessed sin, unforgiveness, poor relationships or, or, or ungodly relationships, check your heart. Check your heart. The second thing on your checklist that we're troubleshooting this morning is check your motives. If your prayers are not working, check your motive. Why are you praying? What are you praying for? Jesus talked about the proud religious men and uh, leaders in Matthew chapter 6, verse 5 and 6. Jesus said, when you, he says, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites. They love to pray publicly so that they can be seen in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth. That's the only reward they'll get. Their prayers will not be effective because the motive is look at me or to draw attention to self. James chapter 4 verse 3 says, When you ask, you don't get what you ask for because your motives are all wrong. Or King James Version says, you ask amiss. You want only what will, bring you, what will give you pleasure. What should your motive be? If your prayers are going to work, what kind of motive? An unselfish motive? It's not about me. It's not about my long list of I want this, I want that. Although we're told to bring those to him, to trust him for them. But our motive in prayer is not to heap things upon ourselves. It's not to draw attention to ourselves. Our motive in prayer is not to get even with someone else, praying against them. Our, our motive is not just to promote our own agenda. Our motive has to be centered on, Lord, that you'll be glorified. My motive, Lord, is that whatever I pray for, you'll be glorified in it. And that, Lord, it will line up with your word and please you. And in turn, will bless those that I pray for. It'll bring your blessing here on earth. Your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. That's your motive. That's your motive. Are you praying for the right reason? The third thing on the checklist is you need to check the word. When your prayers are not working the way they should, then go back and check the word, the scripture. 1 John chapter 5, verse 14 and 15, the Bible says, Now this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, now where does our confidence come from? Our confidence comes from him. Through him. We, we have confidence in him that if we ask, next word, next word, if we ask anything, what? According to his will. How do you know the will of God? Has he left us in the dark there? No. He has given us his word. Testament means will. For Christians, you have the testament, God's will. You have the scripture. 
And particularly for believers, we have it revealed to us in clarity through the New Testament that God says, if your prayer life is going to work, you need to go back and check and see if this is my will. It says, ask anything according to his will. No, be confident that he hears us, verse 15. And if we know he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. Our confidence comes from asking according to his will. So when you're praying, check it out. Are my prayers lining up with what God's will is? How do I find out God's will? Go to his word. Ask the Holy Spirit. You will discover, you'll know for sure what God's will is. Learn how to effectively, and we talked about this one entire Sunday morning uh, in, in our teaching, is learn how to pray the scripture. Take the word itself. You can't go wrong. You cannot go wrong when you take what God says himself, his promises, his truth, and then say them and declare them for yourself and for the situation. Learn to pray the scripture according to his word. John chapter 15, verse 7. I mean, we're a lot of scriptures this morning, but I hope that's okay with you because we need to base everything that we believe and everything we teach upon the Word of God. John chapter 15, verse 7, Jesus said, If you abide in me or remain in me, if you abide or remain in me, and my words abide or remain in you, if, if, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, his will abides in you, then you will ask what you desire and it shall be done to you. And by this, the Father will be glorified and you will bear much fruit as his disciples. Very critical, so crucial that you and I learn to line up our prayers in agreement with his word. So, if your prayers aren't working effectively, do some troubleshooting. Am I praying outside of something that would be his will? And people get, listen, people get very subjective, very loose with this idea of deciding what they believe God's will is. Everybody's got their own ideas and their own opinion. They must be tested by something. Not what I believe, what you believe, but what God says, right? Now I said, well, the interpretations are different. There are some things in the scripture that are, yes, open to the particular slant or interpretation you take, that you take on them. However, the fundamentals of truth and right and wrong, the fundamentals are there. They are, we could say black and white, right or wrong. There's either God's will or it isn't, or it isn't. It's just there. You either take his word and twist it to become what you believe his will to be. I, you know, has anyone ever had to, been tempted to do that? Something you really wanted to do and, and the, the word you saw really wasn't what the Lord wanted you to do, but you justified yourself. You took it and you twisted it and you made it mean something else. Or you, you, you it, it came to believe what you, it came to be what you believe God's will was for you. It's a dangerous, a dangerous thing. Like I, I read the other day how this couple had, had gotten, gotten married. They got married not, well, maybe last year some time ago. And, and uh, unfortunately, they'd been through some very tough situations. Uh, 
both, husband and wife, had three previous marriages. How many of you know that's not God's best way? Now, let me insert here that God hates divorce because of the hurt and the pain that it brings. It was not his perfect will. But unfortunately, in this world, there are some bad things that happen and there are some people that get into situations where that seems to be the only option. Where it seems to be the only option. It's unfortunate. There are scriptural grounds for, for that, and I think we need to uh, abide by them. And I do think that we need to not take marriage so loosely or, or not be, we should be very serious about the covenant of marriage. Don't ever take it lightly. Don't ever take it for granted. It's serious and God's best plan was for it to be to one person and live it out together. But it doesn't always happen that way. And for any of you that may have been through divorce, many of you that divorced and remarried in the situation, I got good news. And that is that God's mercy and His grace is greater than any obstacle or situations you've faced and His forgiveness and His help is available to you and you can look to Him and He'll bring healing and restoration in, in so many ways in your life if you will let Him. But my point was this couple, one of them had been very involved in ministry for a long time, the other one kind of in and out, kind of iffy <laughs> as far as a commitment to the Lord. But there's a big article written up about them and quite well known in Christian circles. And unfortunately, the, the husband, the man evidently is not well grounded in the word and has been, I, I'm not sure how genuine he is in his faith in any way. Or whether things have changed since this last marriage, I don't know. It's not up, it's not up to me to judge him. It's the word, it's the Lord. You line up with that or you don't. But his word was... And this was, this was when he was married to his third wife. And his word was, God told him to divorce this wife and marry because he had now met this other woman and believed it was God's will for him to marry her. So God told him it was God's will for him to go ahead and give up on this third marriage, divorce her so that God's will could be done and he'd be married to another. That's the kind of ridiculous, preposterous thing that goes on in the world, not just in relationship to marriage. There's been so many different ways where people say, well, the Lord told me to do it. Couples, young man and woman, one of them's a strong believer, one of them's not. And yet bring them together and say, we just believe that the Lord, talk to a young woman that says, well, He's been my boyfriend for a long time. We really care about one another. We really want to get married. We love one another. And all this, you know, it's, it's all there. We say, well, look, is that person a follower of Christ? Well, no, no. Well, I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure. Well, do you believe it's God's will for you to get married to someone who is not a follower of Christ? Well, I've prayed about it, and the Lord said, yes, it's his will. They have just said that God's will is contrary or different from what God said his will was in his word. 
God is not schizophrenic. His word is settled. It's true. There's all kinds of examples I could give even as far as people, well, the Lord told me to quit my job and just wait. (laughs) There may be times when that happens, but you just better, God better call your middle name when you hear a word like that. (laughs) People get ridiculous with saying, well, the Lord told me. The Lord speaks today. He speaks prophetically. He speaks through his spirit. He gives us his word. He does. He speaks, he speaks to us. But you measure it by the word. Don't go off on some tangent to justify what you want to do and say, well, the Lord told me this is his will. Very dangerous. It's done so much harm. That's why it's important for you to abide in his word. Let his word abide in you and stay in his will. The fourth thing you need to check, I ran off on a little bit of a tangent there, but we're right back. Number four, the fourth thing you need to check is to check your faith. Check your faith. When your prayers are not working, doesn't seem as if they're working, then check, do you really believe when you pray? Or are you praying out out of worry and worry and anxiety and fear? Are you praying but not really believing? Then that's why it's not working. Philippians 4, 6 says, don't worry about anything. Boy, we've hit that a lot over the last few weeks. Don't worry about anything or don't be anxious about anything instead or but pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Faith, Lord I bring it to you. I'm not worrying. I'm not in fear. I trust you. I believe your word. You're going to bring it to pass. I I know that you hear and answer my prayer. Too many people focus on the problem rather than on solution than on the solution. You've heard it before, and you may have done it before. I, I have. I try to catch myself now. If I go, if I see myself going that direction, I. When I pray, I give God a commentary on what I'm praying. I feel like I've got to describe this whole situation to God so he'll know what to do. Can I just share a great word of wisdom with you? God already knows about the entire situation. You don't have to analyze it. You don't have to describe it. You don't have to diagnose it. You don't have to tell him how you think it ought to be answered. You don't have to do any of that. You see what the need is. You see what God has promised. You say, Lord, I thank you that your promise, your word meets this need. I declare it done. I receive it by faith. You know, prayers, I think there are times for extended prayer time, for long prayers of saying before the Lord in prayer. But for many people in their prayer time, it could be a lot faster if they didn't feel like they had to describe everything to God. And in addition to that, the tendency is to, when you start describing everything to God in your prayer, you start complaining about it. Well, Lord, you know that they're really suffering, that the doctor's given them a bad report. Lord, you know things have been so bad. Well, yes, he does know. Don't describe the problem. Don't analyze the problem. Don't dwell on the problem. Pray the answer. Pray the answer. That'd be good for a little clip to come out on the stand. 
This is so important, folks, so important. Check your faith. Jesus said, be it unto you according to your faith. Matthew 21 says, and whatever things you ask in prayer, believing you will receive. Mark eleven twenty four Amplified Bible says, whatever things you ask for, or uh, King James Version says, all things. When you ask all things, you ask in prayer in accordance with God's will. When you do that, believe with confident trust that you have, past tense, that you have received them and they will be given to you. It's important to know what you believe and to pray what you believe. Pray the word. Pray in faith. God's power is always there. God's ability is always there. There are times in Scripture where it says, one time in particular, where it specifically says that Jesus was in a certain place, people came to him, and it said that, that during that time that, that in Jesus there was the power to heal, that in that situation there was the power to heal. Now, in every situation, Jesus has the power to heal. So why would it say that? And why would it give us the example of Jesus going back to his hometown of Nazareth? He's there available to heal everyone that's there that's hurting, meet every need that's there. And yet those that were his hometown crowd said, you know, I remember that kid growing up. I remember watching him out playing. I mean, I, I, I saw him with his parents. That's the carpenter's boy. Mary is his mother. He can't do this. He can't be the Messiah. You say, well, they had a problem with doubting, yes, but they, that, let me put doubting this way. Sometimes people have a problem with believing the wrong thing. And these people believed the wrong thing about Jesus and as a result doubted what he could do in their lives. And it said that he could only heal just a few there or, or cast out a few demons. He could only do a little bit there. Remember? Why could he only do a few? Why? Was it because the power wasn't there to heal? No, he had the power. Why could he not? Because they did not believe. They doubted. They did not have faith. So... Jesus could not do many mighty works. You know, that's still true today. It's so true that, that, that people that we can stand in the way of God wanting to do what he wants to do simply because of our unbelief. James 1.6 says, when you ask, when you pray, ask in faith without doubting or wavering. And the very last thing, number five, on your checklist as to why it seems your prayers are not working, you need to check your patience. Check your patience. Some people just, they, they uh, praying, they get, they, they've been praying for a while. They've gone through the checklist and it seems like, you know, well, it looks like everything, you know. And, and by the way, 
Every time, you, every time you go to prayer, I don't expect you to pull out this checklist and go down the list. <laughs> well, check, check, check. No, this is, this is something to get inside of you so that it is something you naturally are aware of. Okay? So when you're praying, you become aware that this may be the hindrance or this may be the problem or if something's not working, that you can look at this. And ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, show me. Show me where the difficulty is. Show me where I'm missing it. And He will. He will. And, and also, you might have a good Christian friend that the Lord will use to tell you where you're missing it too. Hey, that's all right. But sometimes people, they prayed about certain things and it just didn't work out. And maybe they kept praying, but it just didn't, wasn't happening. And they just got discouraged. Anybody in the house ever been discouraged? Anybody ever been discouraged about prayers that seem to be unanswered? And that's a place where the enemy likes to, to just get you down and just say, oh, look, you know, it's just, it's just not God's will to do it. Just give up. Just quit. It's not God's will to do it. It didn't happen. It didn't look at you. You're the reason that's not happening. He began to point out all these things. When the enemy comes against you, he comes to press you down, to push you down, to condemn you. When the Holy Spirit, when you open your life to the Holy Spirit, he comes to to reveal to you areas where you need to let him work in your life and transform you. He's there to lift you up, not put you down. So when you're praying, learn how to be persistent and patient. Do not give up. Don't quit at all. Persevere. Uh, Jesus gave a parable to try to teach that, to attempt to teach that to the disciples there. And it says in Luke chapter 18, verse 1 in the Amplified Bible, it says, Now Jesus was telling the disciples a parable to make this point, what? That in every situation we ought to pray and not give up and lose heart. Jesus says, I'm going to tell you a parable, and here's what I want you to get out of it. You ought always pray continually and not give up or lose heart. And he goes on and tells the parable, shares the parable with them. He says, you know, there was this woman, and she had some some, uh, legal situations going on, arbitration going on. She was being mistreated. She was not being treated justly. And so she went to the judge. And she went to the judge and she pleaded her case. He said, I don't have time to fool with you. I don't know you. I don't know the God you serve. I don't know. I don't have time to fool with you. But she came back again, pleaded her case. I don't know you. I don't know you, God. I don't have time for you. She kept doing this. And finally, finally, the, the judge wised up and he said, you know what? If I don't listen to her and deal with this situation, she's going to keep coming back. So in a sense, to get rid of her, he went ahead and said, and listen to her. Now, people say, well, that's how God is. If you just keep coming to God, persevering and begging him and pleading with him and just keep bothering him, then finally he'll answer your prayer. How ridiculous and religious is that? Jesus is showing the distinction between the two. That if this unjust judge who was not a follower of God didn't care about that person, 
If he was willing to respond because she persisted, she showed her earnestness, her seriousness in it, then I think we could insert here without violating the scripture, then look at God. If this man would do this, you don't have a reluctant father. You don't have to twist his arm. You don't have to beg him. You can come to him in faith knowing that he hears you and he responds to you to answer your prayer. But persist, don't give up. He wants to answer your prayer. So he was pointing out, I believe, the difference there. You ought to always pray and not give up. Some people, they pray for a while and it doesn't work, and so they begin to kind of wallow in self-pity. They get over into doubt. They get stuck in all the negative around them. And 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17 says, Pray without ceasing. Never stop praying. Be persistent. Colossians 4, 2 says, Continue steadfast, devoted in prayer. Continue steadfastly. Continue steadfastly. Oftentimes, we, we, our, our, prayer, our, our prayers or, or what we could say we persist in prayer because there are times when you need to persist in order to prevail. And it's a little tough right now in just a moment because that could be an entire message. But you have to persist in order to prevail. Hang in there. Oftentimes this relates to prayers that have to do with spiritual warfare. There is an enemy. We call him Satan. Daniel in the Old Testament had that situation. Daniel prayed and nothing changed. He prayed and the answer didn't, didn't come. Wasn't, wasn't manifested. He prayed. Three weeks after he prayed, the answer came. Kind of where we get our 21 days Daniel fasting. But, but three weeks. That and one other reference in dealing with Daniel and his prayer and fast. Three weeks. So we get the idea that this prayer must have been so difficult for God to handle that it took him three weeks. Or we get the idea that God said, I'm going to teach Daniel uh, a lesson. I'm going to make him wait three weeks. That isn't what happened according to Scripture. He prayed, and then in three weeks, the answer was manifested. And Gabriel tells him, hey, look, when you prayed, get this, when you prayed or while you were praying, God answered your prayer. But I was hindered or the breakthrough or the answer coming to be manifested was hindered by the powers of darkness, wickedness. He describes Persia there, but we can say the spiritual darkness. There were things in the spiritual realm that was satanic things. There were things that were hindering that from coming to pass. And so the truth is, though, according to this word, that when he prayed, while he was praying, God heard him immediately and answered immediately. But the answer was not revealed, did not come to him until three weeks later. Let me propose to you that when you pray in faith, according to all these things that we've listed here this morning, that God immediately answers your prayer. 
when you align with what we've been teaching here, God immediately answers his prayer. Yes, according to his will, according to his word. Yes, in Jesus' name. Yes, in faith. Yes, with your heart clean and right before the Lord. Yes. Yes. He immediately answers your prayer. It's not like God is just some great grandfather figure up there and then finally, you know, he brings a little checklist and it, somebody brought it to his desk and says, oh, I see he's been praying about this. and Well, this seems to be more important, so I'm going to shove this aside and I'll wait. So we've got to wait till our turn. <laughs> I'm going to pray and I'm going to wait till it's my turn. I've actually had people tell me over the years, it says, well, I was going to pray and ask the Lord for that, but I didn't want to bother him because there's so many people that are in so much worse shape than I am. And that sounded so self-sacrificial. And it wasn't that at all. That was a, a complete misrepresentation, misunderstanding of God. He's not so limited that he can only handle one problem at a time. He can only listen to a few voices at a time. He's not so limited that if we all prayed, he would get confused. He's not so limited that he's got to wait and work down the list till it's our turn. God hears your prayer when you pray it according to his word and he answers your prayer. <clears throat> so why does it take longer sometimes to happen? <clears throat> Excuse me. I, I, I can't say that I've got, I can't say that I can answer all the questions regarding that. I, I, there's some things. I just believe and trust to him, okay? That's okay, isn't it? There's some things I just trust. Uh, he said, well, it's just all in the Lord's timing. Sometimes that little statement's used to make excuses as to why it's not happening in our life yet. Well, just in the Lord's time. Maybe we need to be more earnest in our prayer time and declare it done and walk in faith. We may be the ones that are keeping it from happening and not God. Which brings me down to that very final thing to wind it up is that when we pray, we are to persist in faith. Don't give up. Don't get discouraged. But understanding that God answers your prayer, but it's your faith that will, you know, like when you've got a power pole there and the electricity's running, you've got a transformer that has to transform it to one position of power or strength into another so that it can function appropriately in your, in your house or business, a transformer. It has to convert it. There has to be a conversion. When you pray to God in prayer, when you ask, when you bring these things to Him, His power is great and magnificent. He hears your prayers immediately. They are given to us. But there is a converter there we call faith. We call acting according to confessing his word. There is that converter there that says, okay, Lord, I believe you've answered my prayer. I want my life to come into line the place to where you can bring it about in my life. And I trust you that if it doesn't happen immediately, I'm not going to give up because I know it's already done and I'm believing it will come to pass in my life. And I trust you. If it's not today, if tomorrow's better, okay, I have no problem with that. But the answer has already been given has already been given and so by faith I'm converting what God has promised in the spiritual world and has already done in the spiritual world by faith I'm converting that in to physical manifestation where prayers are answered and seen. So the missing element 
and seeing it come to pass in our life is so often just staying with it in prayer and faith until we see it come to pass. Do not give up and do not get discouraged in any way. Don't let that happen in your life. Prayers are not just empty words thrown in the sky. They're the most important conversation you can have in your life. Close out with this statement from the scripture. John chapter 14 verse 13. Jesus said, you can ask for anything in my name and I will do it so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Let's pray together. Would you stand? Let's commit this to the Lord. Hallelujah. Mm. I think sometimes we get a little bit squeamish. Uh, squeamish. Uh, we get a little bit uh, fearful over this idea of, of teaching so straightforward that God hears and God answers. God wants to hear and answer your prayers. It. it and I think the reason it bothers us a little bit is because looking back over our lives, for many of us, our prayer life has not really been that successful. It's kind of like when you're praying and asking for something, God to do something and it happens, you think, well, dear Lord, thank you. You answered my prayer. And by the way, when you get answers like that, be so quick to thank Him. Thank Him before you get it, but then thank Him for the manifestation of it. But I think sometimes... We hold back from praying, even when we hear strong words like this. We hold back because we are intimidated. But what if it doesn't work? How do I explain? Don't worry about explaining it. Just simply do what we've talked about this morning and allow the Lord anticipate God to bring it to pass. Expect it to happen in your life. Don't give up. Don't back away. Hang in there with it, and God's going to do it in your life. Well, what if he doesn't? You better move out of that place. Move out of there. What if, what if, what if, what if? Oh, God, deliver us from what ifs. We were never supposed to be ruled or motivated by our experiences. We were to be ruled and motivated by faith, by his word. And just because it hasn't worked for someone else doesn't mean it won't work for you. And just because it hasn't worked for you before doesn't mean it won't work now. Let God do what he wants to do in your prayer life. And I believe for some of you, it will come alive. It will get exciting. You'll begin to have prayers answered daily in your life. Every week, something's going to happen. And some of the things you've been praying for for a long time is going to be converted into real life and you're going to see it happen. I wonder, would you claim that with me? I wonder, would you? Lord, thank you today for your word. You are so faithful. You're so faithful. Sometimes we're challenged by words like this because we've looked back and we've seen that, uh, that it seems like we don't measure up. Oh, but God, thank you for your grace. Thank you for your patience. Thank you, Lord, that you desire to teach us to pray and to trust you as our Father, knowing, Lord, that we can pray and you hear and you respond and we receive. 
change our lives, change our family, change this church, change this nation, Lord, as we come together and we begin to pray with power and authority. We pray for that in Jesus' name. And everybody in the house, we're going to declare it amen and amen. Good praise to the Lord today before we go. God bless you.